This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Good morning. Isn't this an awesome day? I think it's wonderful. It really is. And we're really talking about today the most significant decision. You want to call it something else? Well, we started a couple weeks ago before Mother's Day. Uh, We taught on attitude determines your altitude. And this is still along that same line of dealing with attitudes, that the most significant decision that we make on a day-to-day basis is our attitude. So there's going to be some reviews sprinkled out, but uh, yeah. And you know, we can alter our life by altering our attitude. And everybody has an attitude. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of that? Yep. Look at the person beside you and see if they have an attitude. <laughs> well, hopefully they're all good attitudes. Hopefully so. Um, you know, a man once, he found a $5 bill. Have you ever found $5 as you was walking on the sidewalk or on the side of the road somewhere? Anybody ever found $5? Yes. Wow! I don't think I've seen that many hands up in here. Man, you guys are loaded today, aren't you? <laughs> well, a man once found a $5 bill, and after that, he always looked down when he walked along the street. Over the course of the years, he found 12 hairpins, five paper clips, a ballpoint pen, one nickel, four pennies, and a very large assortment of gum wrappers. But during those years, he never saw a flower, a tree, or the smile of a passing stranger. If we just look down at our problems, we will never succeed. Think about it. What is it that we're always looking for? Are we just always looking down right in front of us as we go along? You know? Or are we looking out and just seeing what's all around about us? Think about that because sometimes we're missing out on lots of wonderful, wonderful things. Um, Let me see here. Okay, there's my Bible there. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, it says... So we don't look at the troubles we can see now with a a downward gaze. Rather, we fix our gaze on things above. We're looking up. He says that cannot be seen. We fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. And, And that takes faith. And faith is looking upward and it's looking forward, you know, uh, for the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. You know, uh, a plane's altitude determines where it's going. You know, it's, it's an adjustable thing. And whether you climb or you descend, you know, whether you reach your destination or you never reach your destination. Uh, our attitude affects us. How many of you have an attitude? Mm-hmm. Everybody here has got an attitude today for some reason or another. And hopefully it's a good attitude, right? 
You know, life is a grindstone, whether it grinds you down or it polishes you up. It depends on your attitude. This may shock you, but I believe the single most significant decision I can make on a day-to-day -day basis is my choice of attitude. Do you have an attitude, dear? I sure do. <laughs> you guys have an attitude? And hopefully it's a positive attitude. It's, it's more important than my past and my education, my bankroll, my successes or failures, fame or pain, what other people think of me or say about me, my circumstances or my position. Attitude is that single string that keeps me going or cripples my progress. It alone fuels my fire or assaults my hope. When my attitudes are right, there's no barrier too high, no valley too deep, no dream too extreme, no challenge, you know, too great for me. And so says Charles Swindle. You know, God transforms our troubles into triumphs. God transforms our troubles into triumphs when our attitude is right. So is your attitude right most of the time? Mm -hmm. Most yeah. of the time. Yep. Yes. Yeah, three people. All right. <laughs> Let me see. Do you, do you recognize that your attitude is on an ongoing changing basis? Yes. And you can intentionally have a positive attitude if you want to. Mm -hmm. You genuinely can. A young boy's father drove him to church and dropped him off at Sunday school every week. One Sunday morning on the way to church, the boy asked his father, Dad, did you go to Sunday school when you were a boy? Yes, I did, son, the man answered. Well, says the boy, I bet it won't do me any good either. <laughs> you know, attitudes are contagious, aren't they? Mm -hmm. they? They really are. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 23, it says, There must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. There, there must be a spiritual renewal. Have you had a spiritual renewal? I have. Of your thoughts? Yes. And, and your attitudes? Yes. You know? And it's continually going on and on. Yeah. Well, instead of crying over spilt milk, I would challenge you to go milk another cow. You know? <laughs> uh, a lot of people, their attitudes are impacted by the simplest of things or, you know, large things. But lots of times it goes on a negative basis, you know? Our attitudes are influenced by our thoughts. Genuinely are. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, Who can know what the Lord is thinking? Good question, don't you think? Who can know what the Lord is thinking? Who can give him counsel? But we can understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. We genuinely do. And that would be a positive thing, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, it says, And now, dear friends, let me say one more thing 
as I close this letter, fix your thoughts. And we are responsible for our thoughts because they determine our attitude. And it says, fix your thoughts on what is true. Fix your thoughts on what is honorable. Fix your thoughts on what is right. You know, think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. You know, positive and constructive. You know, and, and we really need to stay away from negative and, and destructive attitudes. Don't you think? Yeah. Speaking of negative and destructive attitudes, a friend of mine last week came up to me and we had talked probably about a, a month, a month and a half ago. We were talking on the phone and, and she had shared with me that she had, has been really struggling for a long time with an, uh, a negative attitude and perspective about the things that are going on in our world right now. And it was causing her to feel depressed and, and hopeless and, and experiencing a lot of worry and anxiety. And, and so as we were talking, I was encouraging her with God's word. But I also encouraged her. I said, do you watch the news much? And she said, yep, all the time. She said, I guess I could, you'd probably say I'm addicted to it. And I said, well, I would challenge you to stop watching it. And uh, so, and, and I said, if you feel like you need to know something about what's going on, just read headlines. Don't delve into it. But even that, be careful, you know. And so she, um, she came up to me last week and uh, she just said, she said, I did what you said. She said, I haven't watched news, you know, since the day we talked. And she said, and it has made a phenomenal difference in my life. She said, I, I, those worried and anxious feelings are, are not, you know, always on my mind now. She said, I'm, you know, I've got a whole different perspective on, on life and on, on what God is doing. And she was just so excited to see the transformation that took place over that simple decision of not to be filling her thoughts with all the stuff that's that's coming over the media. And this scripture really um, applies to that. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11, it says, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Because a lot of the stuff that comes over the news is just that. It's, it's the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, rebuke and expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. And that's a lot of what is on the news. They're just talking about the un- ungodly things or the, pe- the things that ungodly people are doing in secret. And we don't need to fill our minds, our time, uh, you know, our, our thoughts with those kinds of things. And making that choice is huge. It makes a huge difference. As we pick up here in Ephesians, it says, think about things that are excellent. This is in <clears throat> Philippians. Wait a minute. Okay, we already went through Ephesians yep. there. Yep. It says, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And, and, and they will alter our attitude. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. They'll alter our attitude. And there's no danger of developing eye strain from getting on the bright side of things. No good thoughts will shape our attitudes and direct our words and, and our actions. He says here in the Message Bible in Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, he says, Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true. 
noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. You know, just as a, a stream of water will seek the path of least resistance, the human spirit unaided by God will seek the path of a negative emotion. You know, examine your script. Your script is like an inner downloaded file of the basic attitudes you, you have about life. So do you find yourself saying things like, it'll never work. You ever see things like that? Mm, not very often. Not very often. <laughs> It'll never work. That was number one. Number two, do you find yourself saying things like, it's going to be a bad day? You, you, ever, you ever see anything like that? It's going to be a bad day. You, you can just tell, you know? Or, I don't have the strength. Or, I'll just, I'm just not good enough. Or, things never work out for me. We can go negative in all of our thoughts if we choose to do so. And it's not going to benefit you. It's not going to help you. Now ask yourself, where did I get these attitudes from? You think God gives us all those negative attitudes? Yeah. I don't think so. You know, and as a child, I struggled with a low self-esteem. Do you know who this article is written about? You. That was me. I struggled with a low self-esteem. And the only thing that helped me overcome it was what God has to say about me that I learned from his word. And it adjusted and it. It altered my attitude as I read God's word. And it altered my attitude for the better. So ask yourself, am I inner directed or outer directed? Now think about that. Are you inner directed by thoughts coming from within? Or are you outer directed by thoughts coming from the outside? 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 8 says, we are pressed on every side by troubles. That, that stuff is coming from the outside. There's pressures that are coming. We're pressed on every side by troubles. But we are not crushed and broken. And, and that really is a choice. You know, there's pressure comes, but I'm, I'm not crushed and I'm not broken. And it goes on to say, we are perplexed, but we don't give up and quit because it is a choice. You know, we're perplexed, but we don't give up and we don't quit. Verse 9 says, we are hunted down, but God never abandons us. Ever. God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get up again and keep going because it is a choice. Has anybody here ever been knocked down? Yes. Did you get back up? Yes. It is a choice that we have, you know. Robert... Schuler said, what is this pain? It is the birth pains of a new attitude trying to be born. 
You ever have a new attitude? Mm-hmm. A good attitude? Yep. That's an awesome thing to have. So the pain that we experience in our life can be an opportunity for us to birth a new attitude instead of grumbling and complaining about whatever the pain is coming from that we can actually allow God to alter our attitude and, and have a good attitude. And this is the key to that in Psalm 119 verse 11. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's right. Hmm. Some think that water spilling over the top of a dam provides the power. Have you ever seen water coming over the top of a dam? Is that where all the power comes from? It really is. And I did a little bit of studying on this. And it says, not realizing that turbines deep down under the dam, deep down in the the water, you know, within, and, and it generates and it transforms the power of tons and tons of water into electricity. And it does it quietly. And it does it without a notice, you know. So hearing the statement that some people are just born losers. Uh, have you ever heard of that term before? Born losers. Do you immediately have an inner response that goes, yeah, that's right. That's me, all right. I'm a born loser. Now, some people do identify Wolf of such a statement is that. And how do we overcome our negative emotions? A born loser who identifies, well, I'm a born loser. And they, they're identifying with all this. You know, they, they've got to choose to cast those kinds of thoughts down and not let it to take over your thinking faculties and all. And you've got to choose uh, to be positive. Now, positive, being positive is a choice. It genuinely is. It's not just like it just naturally comes and takes over your life. You've got to choose, you know, that. So we must switch from a can't do attitude. Anybody here ever have a can't do attitude? I just can't do that. I I can't. I I can't. I I can't. I got a can't do attitude. And a can't-do attitude is a losing attitude. It it, it really is. Have you ever had what we would call a a can-do attitude? Yeah, I I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I I, I can do that. I can do that. Because a lot of people got the can't-do attitude, but a lot of people got that winning attitude. I can do that, you know? Because the truth of it is, success comes in cans. I don't know if you knew that or not. But success comes in cans and failures come in canes. You know? So what do you focus on? The What you can do or what you can't do? Oh, what can do. Well, you focus on the can do's? Mm-hmm. That's the best place to put your focus. That's 100% for sure. The reason we do focus on that is in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, a very familiar verse. It says, I can do everything. What percentage is everything? 100%. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That's right. That's what he says, right? I love it in the Amplified Classic version. It says, 
I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything. Wait a minute. You just said you're ready for anything? Yep. Anything? You know how many different kinds of things can happen? I do. But that that's that's a scripture right there. It says that, I'm ready for anything. anything. That is a huge positive confident statement that we can't just make on our own. It has to be through Christ who empowers us. Who gives well, us. Let me read the rest of it. It says, I'm ready for anything yep. and equal to anything. That's powerful. Through him, Christ. Who infuses inner strength into me. Mm-hmm. So I'm ready for anything and I'm equal to anything that's going to come my way. Mm-hmm. That sounds a little bit arrogant, maybe. That's God's word. But it's, it's when we humble ourselves before him and receive the strength that he needs. Acknowledging, I can't do this on my own, but I can do all things through Christ. Absolutely. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Theodore Roosevelt once said... Whenever you are asked if you can do a job, tell them, certainly I can, and get busy and find out how to do it. What an attitude. Sure, I can do that, you know. Um, I'll be there day after tomorrow. You didn't tell them, but you're going to learn how to do it first. We actually read an article about a young man who was applying for a job, and he went through the interview and and the hiring... uh, Staff said, we want you to work for us, you know, but a part of the the job was that he needed to know the Morse code. And so they said, we want you to start tomorrow. And he said, I'm sorry, I cannot start tomorrow. I have a commitment, but I can start on Monday. And his commitment was to learn the Morse code over the weekend so he would be ready to start the job. But he had the can-do attitude that he would do whatever it takes to get this job. And, uh, And he learned it and he did well. So, That's awesome. To have such a can-do attitude. Yeah. You know, um, as long as a man imagines that he can't do, have you ever had a can't-do attitude? Mm-hmm. As long as you imagine that you can't do a certain thing, it's pretty much impossible for you to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, because it takes over. When you, I can't do that, 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 I can't do that. And it takes over a person's, you know, entire being. And, and on the opposite side, if we think we can do that as well, is what empowers us. And in Proverbs 23, it states that in the King James Version, it says, As a man or woman thinketh in his heart, so is he. So however we're looking at ourselves and thinking about ourselves, that's the way we're going to be. It's important to what you think. What you're thinking right now, mm-hmm. it's important what you think when you go home through the rest of the day. It's important what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. At the end of your day, you're thinking, as the scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's what you become. What you think is what you become. And it's really, you know, we, we must be careful about what we're thinking about. Right. We, we really should. Now, David had a, a winning attitude, you know, dealing with Goliath, you know. And uh, what about you with the battles that you face? Like David was facing a battle with Goliath. Do, do, do you have a winning attitude? Or, 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 or do you have a, I'm scared to death, I'm going to run from that giant, you know, out there mentality, you know. 
he had a winning attitude. And, uh, you know, David killed a lion on one occasion, you know, who was attacking his dad's, you know, sheep. And on another occasion, he killed a bear that was attacking his dad's sheep, you know. And so he had this mentality of a winner. And he went after that lion and he went after that bear, you know, and he took him out of the equation there completely, you know. And Joshua and Caleb Share something about this before we move on. You know, with David, knowing his history of how God had given him the ability to kill the lion and the bear, that gave him the confidence to know that God would help him to take care of that giant. And the thing of it was, is that the whole Israeli army were shaking in their boots because of the giant, because they felt he was too big to fight. But David had a whole different attitude. He said, he's too, he's too big to miss. You know, there's no way I'm going to miss him, you know, because yep. he was too big. And with God's help, he knew that he could win in that battle. And he had, he had the right winning attitude, and God enabled him to do that. I love the song we were singing today about, um, I'm going to see a victory. The second verse says, There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. And every one of you have that power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. Every war that we encounter, every battle that we encounter, as long as we are, are doing it with Christ, as long as we're facing those giants with Christ, every battle he's gonna win. He's going to give us the victory. And then it goes on to say, I'm not backing down from any giant. No matter what it is, no matter what giant you're facing in your life, you don't have to back down. We, and then it goes on to say, I know how this story ends. We see the history of what God did with David. And God wants to do the same thing with you. What giants are you facing? God wants to give you the victory. He wants to give you the, the confidence that David had in God that he could, he could take that giant down. And he said he wasn't going to back down from any giant. And we don't need to either. You don't think that's being arrogant to make such a statement? No, it's not that we're something special, but it's that God is something special. We have our faith in a big God that nothing is impossible for him. Absolutely. And as long as it, our faith is in him and not in ourselves or not in somebody else definitely not in the government. I won't get on that. But anyway, uh, that we can, we can know that, that God will give us a victory no matter what. Joshua and Caleb had a winning attitude. Now, there were 12 spies that Moses sent into the promised land to search it out. Sent 12 spies in. Those 12 spies, they went in. You know, they've been promised by God that it was a land flowing with milk and honey. They came back carrying a cluster of grapes that they had to carry on poles. Can you imagine how big that cluster of grapes was? It was everything that God said it it was. And Joshua and Caleb came back with a winning attitude. But the other 10 spies, it was a different story. Uh, if you read in Numbers chapter 13, verse 30, it says this was the, the people were all upset because of what they didn't focus on that the promised land was indeed the promised land that God had promised them. They focused on the giants that were in the land. And so it says, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, 
Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. They had that can-do attitude. They believed that God had promised and that he would fulfill that promise and that they were well able to overcome all the obstacles and the giants that were in the land. Unlike the 10 spies, they had a loser attitude. And although they knew that God said that they could take the land, they didn't believe it. We find that a few verses down in Numbers chapter 13, verse 33. And it says, And there we saw giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. Are, are you in your own sight like a grasshopper? I'm just a dozen old grasshopper. Think they, about it. They saw themselves as small and insignificant and not up to the challenge. They saw themselves as grasshoppers in comparison to the giants. And it says, and so we were in their sight. So as they saw themselves as grasshoppers, so did the inhabitants of the promised land saw themselves the same way. So the way you see yourself will also impact the way others see you. So it's so important to have the right attitude. There's a whole idea about something we're going to call the grasshopper syndrome, okay? They saw themselves as grasshoppers. That was, that was their first mistake. Number one, they were comparing themselves to the giants that were in the land. And this syndrome occurs when we see ourselves as being unable to move forward in our purpose and destiny because of our wrong identity, past experiences, and present circumstances. You know, they saw themselves in this as a grasshopper and they were not able to move forward. They were paralyzed. They, they felt we cannot go into the promised land. So, so God promised it, we can't go in because they looked at themselves in comparison to the giants and that fed their low self-esteem. It pr- promoted trauma and fear and unbelief in their life and failure to trust God. These were all contributing factors to those 10 spies saying, we can't do this. You know, it's impossible. You know, we're like grasshoppers. We see ourselves that way and they see us that way. Do y'all have grasshopper faith? No. Good. But they, they looked, they had a wrong identity. Somebody had planted a wrong picture of themselves in their mind. That was a lie. And they believed the lie. So what is grasshopper faith? Grasshopper thinking or faith is caused when we walk by sight and not by faith. They were looking at everything they were seeing and not looking at what God said, not looking at the promises of God and what he had promised. And in verse 33, that's why they said, we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. So it's when we look at something and in our minds decide that it is too hard, it's too much, it's not possible, it cannot be done, I give up, I surrender, I give in, yeah, I'm just like I see myself, I'm just like everybody else says I am. And they, they got stuck in that mentality. And the same thing happens with our own lives when we have that grasshopper mentality. There's limited thinking. We can't move forward. And it produces limited abilities. 
we don't see ourselves as being able to accomplish whatever it is, and that gives limited results. And God is not able to shine through us. God's not able to perform his purposes and, and lead us into our destiny and the things that he has for us because we have this limited mentality like, ah, I'm just a grasshopper. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, Your attitude, your attitude, your attitude, your attitude should be the same that Christ Jesus had. Mm -hmm. Is your attitude like Jesus' attitude? Yes, Do you think Jesus had a victorious attitude? Yes. He cast out demons. He rose from the dead. Healed the sick. He healed the sick. He was pretty miraculous. It says here in Philippians 2, 5, it says, Your attitude should be the same that Christ Jesus had. You know? Then it goes on in 1 John 2, 6, saying something similar. It says, Those who say they live in God. Do you live in God? Yeah, I live in a relationship with Him. It says, Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. With do, His attitude. Do you live like Jesus did? Is that possible to live like Jesus did? It is. That's what he's telling us. It is possible. And it's, it's the, definitely the way to go. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. You know, we're, we're created in God's image and we should have God's attitude. Don't you think so? Yes. I really believe we, we, we should. You know, things happen giving us opportunity. You know, to choose a, a good attitude or to choose a, a bad attitude. Which attitude do you choose? Good. I think it does us so much better when we choose to have a, a good attitude, you know, because a good attitude is a winning attitude. Let's see what it says here in Romans chapter 8. This might be one of my favorite verses, you know. Mm -hmm. Romans 8 verse... 28 and it is one of my favorite verses and it says and we know that God causes some things everything, everything. what percentage is everything? 100%. 100% and we know that God causes everything 100% of the things that are happening in my life to work together for the good of those who love God, I, I, I love him. And he says, and we know, we, we know. Says, well, I hope it's going to be okay. He says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. If we, we believe that, if we believe that, that changes everything. That changes, that has the capacity to change our attitude. It, it does change everything, 100%. That's what he's telling us, and he's talking about everything right there. Yeah. You know? The same goes in Psalm 23, verse 6. It says, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. Do you believe that? Yes. Do you believe that God's goodness and his unfailing love is going to pursue you all the days of your life? Yes. It's going to chase me down wherever I go, his goodness and his unfailing love are going to be after me, chasing me, pursuing me all. That's 100% of the days of my life. 
and I will live in the house or the presence of the Lord forever. If we believe that, if we believe that, that changes everything. It really does. That will help us to have the kind of attitude that would honor God, the kind of attitude that Christ had. Psalm 27, verse 13 and 14. Yet I am confident. This is not, you know, maybe, maybe not. I am confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. I'm confident. This is not a wishy-washy kind of a deal. It's a confidence. I'm confident that I will see the Lord's goodness. I'm going to experience his goodness, you know. While I'm here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for God. You know, and, uh, you know, as you wait for him, stay with God. You know, there ain't no better place to to be than to hang around with God and to stay with him. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Again, if we believe this, it dramatically changes everything. It will give us the kind of attitude that we need. The New King James Version says for verse 13, I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart. That means I would have fainted unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Well, Lord, we just lift up our emergency vehicle off in the distance. I don't know what's going on, but we ask that you'd bless them, Papa God. Yes. And the people that they're responding to to help. We ask that you help them. Yes. Because we know that you answer our prayers. You're so awesome and you're so wonderful. And your plans for us are good and not evil. To, to give us hope. To give us faith. Almighty God. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. So he so says that there in verse 13. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Do you believe? Yes. Do you believe the positive things that God has said in his word? And he has given us promises here that every one of these promises will instill in us the kind of attitude that we're supposed to have. It it will give us confidence in God, not in ourselves, but in him. And he says, but I would have lost heart. That's right. Unless I had believed. Believing. If I hadn't believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, I would have lost heart. I would have, I would have faded. I would have given up. I would have thrown the towel in. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And, and believing produces a very, very positive attitude. That's right. When you're believing. But when you're doubting, it don't produce a positive attitude at all, does it? No, it produces a negative attitude. But believing, it changes things, 100%. Some of my favorite verses are here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. I think we find every opportunity to share these because they are so good to have these verses in your well of, of scriptures that you know on a yeah. day-to-day basis. But it says, don't worry. Because, see, worry, it affects everything about you. Mm-hmm. When you're worrying, you're, you're, you're doubtful, you know, and it's affecting your attitude. Mm-hmm. When you're just worrying and worrying and worrying, it affects your attitude. And he says, don't worry about what? Anything. A hundred percent of the things that's in this world, he says, don't worry about them. That's right. Don't worry about 
anything. Instead, pray about everything. Pray about 100% of the things that's going on around about us. Mm -hmm. Pray about everything. Don't worry, because worry will do you absolutely no good. Mm -hmm. It will do you harm, but worry will do you no good whatsoever. So don't worry about anything. Instead of worrying, pray about everything, you know. Tell God what you need. And then thank him for all he has done. You know, and, and remember that attitude of gratitude. You know, and, and tell God, thank him for all the things that he's done for you. It really genuinely changes everything, you know. I think that was a key to David and his victory in the situation with the, uh, Goliath. Because he was a praying man and he was a praiser. You know, so when he faced Goliath... Right. You know, he knew where his confidence was. His confidence was not in himself. You know, even though God had given him the skills that he needed to take that giant out, his confidence was in, in God. And, and where it says here, tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. David remembered. He thanked God that, God, you helped me when I, I needed to take that lion out to protect my dad's sheep and the bear. You know, so he, he looked back on his history. And that's what we need to do when we're facing a giant of some kind in our life. We need to look back and remember with thanks, thanksgiving and gratitude of the things that God has done for us in the past. And that will in, infuse right. our, our faith and still faith in us to believe God for whatever giant we're facing right now. You're right. You're right. It says in Psalms uh, 118, verse 24, it says, this is the day the Lord has made. What day do you think he's talking about? Today. Today. How many of y'all are here with me today? <laughs> this is the day the Lord has made. Okay, the Lord's made this day. And he goes on to say, we will rejoice and be glad in this day. Mm-hmm. We're going to rejoice and to be glad in this day. This is the day the Lord has made, and we're going to rejoice, rejoice, and we're going to be glad in it. That's a choice, and it's, it's choosing a winning attitude. And then he goes on to say, if. If, if you do this, but worrying instead of not worrying and praying instead, and then thanking God, it says this is going to be the result. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, if you do this, you will experience God's peace which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your minds and your hearts and your minds. And, and that really impacts your whole attitude. It really does. This, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And that, that's what everybody's looking for is peace in their heart and in their mind. And his peace dynamically you know, affects our attitude. Mm-hmm. When you've got peace... You get ready to go to bed and you're peaceful, it, it affects your attitude. It genuinely does, you know. In Luke chapter 23, verse 33, it says, Finally they came to a place called the skull. All three were crucified there. Jesus on the center cross and the two criminals on either side. Jesus said, Father, forgive these people because they don't know what they're doing. That was a 
winning attitude that Jesus had right before he was crucified. Forgiveness is always a winning attitude when we choose to forgive. When we choose not to forgive, right. we're going to lose every time. You're right. You know? And he chose to forgive. Easy things become difficult when we do them with reluctance. No matter what it is that you're trying to do, if you're reluctant about it, if you're holding back, it it's just makes it that much harder. Do, do, do you guys like dogs? Do, do, do you like to growl like dogs? Sometimes. Sometimes? Well, if you growl all day, you will feel, you know, dog tired at the end of the day. So I want to encourage us. <coughs> you shouldn't be growling. I shouldn't be growling. So don't be growling me no more. How about okay? my stomach growling? <laughs> nope, we shouldn't See, be growling. If your stomach growls, you need to take your loved one out for a meal, <laughs> I think, you know. But we shouldn't be growling, you know, about the circumstances that's going on around in our life. You know, we need to focus on today because today is a gift from the almighty God and it's filled with all the possibilities. It's filled with all the potential, you know, that you could ever hope for, to be honest with you. Romans chapter 8. Verse 31 says, if God is for us. And he is. There is no doubt at all. If, if God's for us, but he is 100% for us. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Nobody. Nobody can successfully be against you when God is for you. You know, that's a winning, you know, attitude when God is for you. Isaiah 64 verse 8, it says, And yet you, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. You know, as we think about a potter, the, the potter uses pressure from the outside. And God uses the pressures that are all around about us to form us and to help us to, to make that choice to, to have good attitudes, no matter what the circumstances are. But there's also pressure from the inside that a potter uses we as well. His hand on the inside. Exactly. And so God will provide everything that we need. He is our potter. He is the one who is forming us. And um, he, right. he doesn't make mistakes. That's for sure. As his parents watched from the patio... A little boy played baseball by himself in the backyard. Have you ever played baseball by yourself? Mm -hmm. you, you, you're kind of drawing a blank there, I suppose. <laughs> so he played baseball in the backyard. His parents were watching. Of course, this amounted to tossing the ball up in the air and then hitting it with the bat. Okay, so he tossed the ball into the air, and attempted to hit it with his bat. As he did so, he proclaimed to no one in particular, and he threw the ball up and getting ready to hit it, he said, I'm the greatest hitter in the world. And as he proclaimed that, unfortunately, he missed the ball. And since he was the umpire too, he regretfully announced strike one. Undaunted, the little fella picked up the ball and threw it back up in the air again and said, I'm the greatest baseball hitter ever. 
With even greater intensity, he swung the bat, but all he caught was air for his efforts. Strike two, he said. The boy paused a moment, examined the bat and the ball carefully, and then for a third time threw the ball into the air. I'm the greatest hitter in the history of baseball, he said. This time he swung for all he was worth, but just like the other two attempts, he missed. Strike Strike three, he mumbled. Then the boy sat for a moment considering what had just happened. After a minute or two, he turned to his parents and much to their surprise said, Wow, I just struck out the greatest hitter in the world. I must be the greatest pitcher of all time. <laughs> he had a great attitude. I, I like that little guy's attitude. He didn't definitely you? had a winning attitude. He switched gears really quick. He switched his attitude. Yes, he did. For sure. Attitude really matters, doesn't it? It can make, make the difference between a good day and a bad day, a good marriage and a bad marriage, perhaps even a good life or a bad life. Chuck Swindoll says, words can never adequately convey the incredible impact of our attitude towards life. We've heard it said before, the longer I live, the more convinced I become that Life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we respond to that 10%. To so that what happens. do you have a winning attitude about what's going to happen the rest of the day? Do you have a winning attitude about how things are going to go for you tomorrow? Oh, tomorrow is Monday, isn't it? Yes, our day off. <laughs> Some people, their day off today. That's right. So they got to work hard tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. So can we expect God to genuinely bring us a winning attitude? It's a choice we make. It's our choice. It's our choice. But he's provided everything that we need to be able to make that choice and the power to bring it out. I think you're right. Are you going to talk or are you going to fish? I'm on fish. (laughs) There was a man that had the reputation for always being able to catch fish, regardless of the time of the year it was, or whether anybody else was catching fish. This man always managed to come back with a boatload of fish. His brother-in-law, who happened to be a game warden, had always been amazed at the man's success. So one morning, the man agreed to take his brother-in-law, the game warden, fishing. With him, they went to a lake that was known for its poor fishing. The game warden watched as his brother-in-law took the boat out to the middle of the lake and cut the motor off. The game warden was confused as he noticed that his brother-in-law didn't worry about finding a ledge or a brush pile underneath the water where the fish would hang out or anything like that. Then instead of getting his rod and reel out, the game warden's brother-in-law pulled a stick of dynamite out of a sack, lit it. Did you say dynamite? I said dynamite. Okay. And lit it and threw it overboard. A few few seconds later, there was a big boom. And almost immediately, the surface of the lake was covered with stunned fish. The game warden couldn't believe what he had just witnessed. 
he immediately began reciting the fishing laws and the regulations to his brother-in-law. But this didn't seem to bother the brother-in-law in the least. He simply reached into the bag for another stick of dynamite, lit it, and tossed it to the game warden and said, you going to talk or you going to fish? I would fish. (laughs) That would be the right choice at that point. (laughs) The game warden noticed that the fuse was almost to the end and he quickly decided he was going to fish. Now that story probably isn't true, although I think you've had some experience of that when you were younger in South Carolina. Fishing that way, huh? Well, it wasn't against the law to fish with dynamite (laughs) when I was a kid. It wasn't. (laughs) But unfortunately, I think God would like to throw some of us a stick of dynamite today and just say, are you going to talk? Are you going to fish? Are you going to do what you can do here? You've got a choice. You're going to switch and have the right kind of attitude. You're going to make what happened in your needs to happen in your life happen by having a winning attitude. I think that's what he wants us. So he doesn't want us to disobey the laws and things like that no. for sure. But he wants us to believe him and to trust him. And we will see his hand at work in our lives. Definitely. We will see miracles take place in our lives when we obey Almighty God. That's just the truth of it. Yeah. And what do you think about these guys here? I think they're choosing winning attitudes. I, I, I believe you're right. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we take just a moment right now and let's just reaffirm our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would ask you guys to reaffirm your faith in him as well. So we can just bow our heads and I would ask you to pray along with me. Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. And I believe that the best is yet to come. And I believe the best is yet to come. Your purpose for me. Your purpose for me. Is good. Is good. It's not evil. It's not evil. But to give me hope. But to give me hope. And I believe in you, Lord. And I believe in you, Thank Lord. you for all the good things you've done for me. Thank you for all the good things you've done and for you've me. And you've done in my life. You've done in my life. Thank you for writing my name in the book of life. Thank you for writing my name in the book of life. And forgiving all of my sins. And forgiving all of my sins. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen.